0: Amen. Amen. We, uh, we started this morning, uh, a kind of a mini-series that I'm calling, Oh Say Can You See. Uh, kind of based on some of the rioting and things and the protesting that's been going on concerning the American flag and the national anthem and, and other things. But it's so important that we, we know how we see things. Do we see things the way God sees them? Do we see ourselves the way God sees us? And, you know, don't let what I'm about to share with you just be information. You need to see yourself in this and see how this applies to you in your life right now. I'm going to be sharing some scriptures. Don't look at those as just old stories from from a thousand or more years ago. Uh, You are in there. And I'm in there. and, And as soon as you can start to see that, that's what we're talking about, your ability to see things, uh, you're going to increase in in, uh, in your understanding and, and in every area. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. Your word is true and it's tested. And I thank you, Father, for your anointing to teach and to share what's on your heart with the people. And, Father, that every ear be anointed to hear, every heart anointed to receive that precious seed of the word of god and we promise that we will be uh not be neglectful hearers but we will be doers of the word in jesus name amen amen well i'll just review just a little bit because uh, because of the sake of this is our hour of power it's not our hour and a half of power so we'll uh, we'll just give you a little bit of review we, we uh, started out in the book of habakkuk 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 whoever he is we appreciate him uh, and in Habakkuk chapter 2, uh, we read verse 2 and 3, and, it, and it, where it tells us, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. One of the important things that we've learned over the years about uh, about the vision, about, uh, about speaking the vision. You need to speak the vision until the vision can speak for itself. Then we, uh, we talked about what kind of language does, does God speak? What, how does He communicate to us? And, and if you think about it, just about all of the communication somehow has to do with a vision or seeing or, or somehow creating an image so that we can understand what the other person is trying to tell us. And we talked about the fact that our words are thought containers. And, and when we, we speak something, we use the example of the, the dog, and we added different words to, to make that dog more recognizable when that dog comes in here. But everything we say, uh, we need to do it with purpose. You know, we are made in the image of God and one of the one of the attributes that we have that's just like God is that we have the ability to choose words and speak them the problem that many people have is that they've gotten into habits of using words that are just they think they mean nothing but uh, you know sometimes even in joking and and that type of thing you'll say something that that negates the positive Things, you know. Sometimes uh, people come up for prayer. They'll come up and and receive the prayer of faith and, re- and and prayer for healing. But if they don't immediately feel the symptoms gone, they they start to say, "Well, I guess that didn't work." Well, you're proving the Bible true because what you are saying is what you are getting. So it's it's very important. We we. Learn to use words that are going to bring the effect that we want. And uh, in in uh, Psalm one nineteen one thirty, we we read that earlier today. The entrance of your words gives light; it gives understanding to the simple. Um, God's word, just like your words, they produce images. They produce images of His thoughts. Think how awesome that is it's it, to me it's it kind of explains you can read the word of god and for example in in my case i uh, the thing i teach from more than probably anything else is mark chapter 4 and i don't know how many times i've taught that i don't know how many times i've read it i don't know how many times i've heard other people teach it and one thing i do is when i hear someone else teaching from mark 4 i do not say Oh, I know that. I've, I've heard. I've said. I could probably teach that better than they do. No, it, it, it's amazing how many new things God can reveal through that word that I that I think I know, and to the point where I, did I read that? Was that was that always there? That must be a new line that God put in the Bible here for me. But that's the way the Word of God is. But it's it's because you're getting more light. On what God is trying to show you, and light is required for you to to be be able to see. Um, Remember, one of the main principles of the kingdom of God is planting a seed, receiving a reaping a harvest. We just did that in the offering. We we planted a financial seed, and we expect a financial harvest. The Bible tells us in Genesis that every seed reproduces after its own kind. Every seed, including the, the spoken seeds that we that we give out all the time, but it, it all—we're talking about the ability to see things. How you see things makes a big difference. If you can—if you can see yourself having something, then you can have it. If you can't see it, it, it won't come. Um, if you can see you doing it, if you can see you giving it. That's where it's a big stumbling block for a lot of people is when it comes to giving, when it comes to doing things. it's well, That's too much. You know, I can't give that much. Well, that's where you need to renew your mind. That's where you need to start getting more light of the Word of God in you so that you can increase in that. Um, this morning, we never finished the the poor man in Mark chapter 9 who, who brought his son for healing to the to Jesus and the disciples and uh, so i want to make sure we we don't leave him there with the son still floundering around so let's go to mark chapter 9 and uh we'll pick it up in verse 20 mark chapter 9 verse 20 it says then they brought to him and when he saw him they're talking about bringing the the young boy to jesus when he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth that's that's try to get to get people to be discouraged in what's a, what should be taking place that demon that that spirit does not want to leave in fact if you if you go through the uh in in mark chapter four and five where demon uh, where Jesus talks to the uh demon possessed man and he didn't just say okay demon leave and the demon left it it says in the original language he he repeatedly kept saying telling the the demon to come out and and so they they're not willingly uh just jumping out of there just because you say so but you need to keep saying so and you need to know that you have the authority to speak to that and that's part of how you see yourself so um Jesus, in verse 21, So He asked His Father, How long has this been happening to Him? And He said, From childhood. And often He has thrown Him both into the fire and into the water to destroy Him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Another way to say that, all things are possible to him who believes, you could say, all things are possible once you can see it. That's important. All things are possible once you are able to see this happening. And up to this point, the father hadn't been able to, to see that. But if you if you can believe something can happen, then you can see it. You can, you can do it. Verse twenty four. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, "Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief." Now that's you know that's where a lot of us are. The the uh, you know we believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. Even the disciples said to him that one time, "Lord, uh, help our help our unbelief. You know, increase our faith." So, um, but if if you can believe. What for this man it was believed that your boy can be delivered from this demonic attack. Uh, another way to say it: if you can see it, all things are possible to him who can see it and uh, if you can believe it, you can see it, and maybe it, that you don't have all the details, but you know that the, the wor- what the word of God says and and once I start to dig into that, more light will come and and it will be. Uh, manifest in my life verse 25 when jesus saw that the people came running together he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it deaf and dumb spirit now isn't that interesting it's a deaf and dumb spirit but it was throwing him into fire it was trying to drown him it was trying to destroy this young man says deaf and dumb spirit i command you come out of him and enter him no more Now that's, that's, when you're dealing with demons, make sure you're cutting off the, the re-entry point. Don't, uh, don't let them come back. Verse 26, Then the Spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we cast it out? And we we mentioned earlier that uh, the, in, in Matthew he says, because of your unbelief, but here in verse 29 he says, uh, this kind can come out only, uh, nothing but prayer and fasting. Then the other thing that we need to understand, and we, we looked at it a little bit this morning, is the only place darkness can have any control, can have any life, so to speak, and it's not life that it's looking for, it's death, but the only way darkness can flourish is where there is no light. And that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to extinguish our lights. You know, it's it's interesting. Years ago when we had our first Bible or not Bible school, but gradu elementary school graduation for young Roma gypsy kids in in Sekahid. They put together a little skit and they had uh, they must have had thirty kids on the stage but but they had it showed them lighting a candle, and that candle represented god 's god 's plan in their life god 's their their hope their future and Satan came out and was blowing those candles out you know a, a kid that represented satan this was a play you know and and they blow blew that out and but the kids joined locked arms together, and as soon as one candle was blown out the the kid next to him would reach over and relight that candle and i'll tell you that's we need each other we need to h- keep each other's candle lit we need to keep that light you are light we talked about that this morning but you are pretty much largely responsible for your own light how bright your light shines um but only, the only place darkness can, can flourish is where there isn't any light. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned in Matthew that Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And, and that the light we have is not our own light. We do not generate our light. We, we reflect the light of God. And the only way we can do that is if we get light from His Word. Think about in, in Mark chapter 5, the the synagogue ruler, his name was Jairus. That's how I pronounce his name. Uh, he'll correct me when we get to, to heaven. But Jairus came to Jesus and his, his daughter was dying. But Jairus said to Jesus, "You know, if you come, she'll be healed. Jairus could see something. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She could see something, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And Jairus had had something building up inside of him. If Jesus, if you'd just come, I know it'll be okay. And and you know the story, where we're not going to turn there and read the whole thing, but people came on the way, as they were on the way, and said, don't bother the, the master anymore, your daughter's dead. And the first thing Jesus did before Jairus could say anything... And put out that light, Jesus, Jesus said, fear not. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. They're telling him his daughter is dead. And he has, he has to make a decision right then. Is what, what I'm expecting from Jesus more powerful than, than the death that, that they tell me my daughter is already in? and I, I I truly believe that the reason Jesus cut him off so quickly was so he could not speak something negative and and undo everything that he wanted to have happen uh, He already believes that when they get to his daughter something is going to happen, and Jesus reassures that fear not, only believe and it's you know, it's not just a matter of, of making a, a good positive confession. You have to see something. And and my question for all of us tonight, what are you seeing? What are we seeing? Especially when we're bombarded with these negative reports of what's happening, especially in the major cities in, in the U.S. But it's worldwide. and And we need to really make a conscious effort to see the way God... Would have us to see. Um, and and if you don't see it. You don't see it. But we don't pretend we do see it. Just because everybody else says they see it. Um, but we there are things we can do. So that we can start seeing it. And we start by getting around the right influence. Like coming to church. Being around like minded people. and And getting the word of God in you. Listening to good teaching and, and, uh, fellowshipping with, with the right people because it's so easy to, to find the, the opposite message to what God wants us to be living. So that it's very important that we do that. Uh, one of the things is, as you fellowship with the right people, you, you listen to the right things, meditate, on, on those things. And, and let's look at the scripture in Joshua chapter one and verse eight. Uh, a lot of you probably have this memorized, but, but it's good for our, our eyes to, to rest on it. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do, not just meditate on it but do it you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success years ago when I was still coaching in my previous life we, uh, I went to a, a basketball clinic and, and if I've st- told this story before I apologize but I'm going to tell it again because I like the story um, went to a basketball clinic there was a man his name is George Lehman and he was giving a clinic to middle school and high school kids on how to shoot a basketball properly and now George Lehman held the record in the old American Basketball Association if any of you are old enough to remember when that was happening with the red white and blue balls and and uh, the the first ones to have the three-point line but so he, he held the record for the most points scored in a single quarter. And he had a, a lapel mic like this hooked up to himself and he took basketballs and he was shooting and talking at the same time describing the different, the, the different uh, ways to, to make sure you were focusing and part of it was focus on, and that's part of what we're doing here is focus, what you see. But in that I don't know, hour, hour and a half that he, he was there, he shot probably 200 shots. He missed twice. And I'm not talking about, these were, uh, beyond the, uh, about three point line area. So somebody that can do that, you probably want to pay attention to. And what he would do, he would take a basketball, and they, he was sponsored by Pony Shoes. I don't know if they even make Pony Shoes anymore, but, uh, he would go up to a kid and, and bounce the ball, just a gruff looking guy, and he'd bounce the ball and say, What's the secret to success? And the kid would, uh, uh, practice hard. Uh, no, 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 what's it not? What's the secret to success? Uh shoot a hundred free throws a day. No, 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 that's not it. His answer to the secret of success is you become what you think about. And I thought, that's biblical. That's As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And, and so I don't know if this man was saved or not, but he gave a biblical, a biblical answer to what he was looking for, that the secret to success, and it's true for you and I, we become what we think about, what we meditate on. That's, that's what, what we, we always draw in, are drawn in that direction. But it works in the good, and it works in the bad. So whatever whatever you're focused on, uh, the enemy wants you obviously to focus on the bad, on bad things. He wants you to develop an image of darkness. Uh, he wants you to develop an image of failure and to build that in you. And and he's doing everything he can to to get use your creative power against yourself, because he he understands these principles. But he, he twists them, he warps them, he perverts them for his purposes. Satan is not a creator. He's never created anything. He's not all powerful like he wants you to think he is. He, you have much more power. Greater is he who's in you, if you're born again, than he who's in the world, Satan. The, the, the media tries to portray him as, you know, just almost uh, un, un, just undefeatable. It's just, un, you can't do anything about it. That's not true. He's under your feet. But until you see that he's under your feet, he'll do whatever he can to try and, and get the upper hand with you. But he, he, in reality, he is a brought to nothing, stripped, under your feet. He's your enemy. He's your enemy. And uh, but he's he's been fooling human beings for thousands of years, and he's gotten pretty good at what he does. But right now we're in a position in this world where where there, there, he's not even trying to hide it anymore. There's such a division between good and evil that I've never seen anything like it in 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 my life. But he knows the enemy knows the power of words and of thoughts. And of images. But we've got help. We've got weapons. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got weapons. Second Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're not going to go through all of the, the weapons and everything. But I do want to look at, at uh, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now what I talked about this morning when I would see those those uh, riots and things, I I got in the flesh. I wanted to take my fleshly ball bat and go whack some flesh. But that's that's not God's way of dealing with that. In the fight of faith, and that's what we're in, in the fight of faith, it doesn't matter what you see in the physical realm. And that's not easy at first, on your flesh. Because your flesh likes to react. It wants to react. Your flesh wants what it wants when it wants it, and that's right now. Flesh isn't isn't good with patience. Um, but the things you can see in the physical realm are already there. You don't have to have faith for things you can already see. But it's the power of God that can change what is to what it should be. I can't change what's wrong in, in the physical realm by, by just looking at it all the time, by watching those news reports all the time, and talking about how bad things are. That's why our war is not in the flesh. The Bible says that Abraham considered not his own body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, We've got to pull our minds away from the problems. And there are problems. I mean, you can't escape the problems. But that's not where you're supposed to live. Um, Your flesh will will see it and want to deal with it, but uh, that's, that's not how it works. Because if we're seeing the same thing on the inside that we're seeing on the outside, nothing will ever change. Because that's that's the way it's going to stay. Let me say that again. If we're seeing the same thing on the inside that we see on the outside, there will be no change. And and we we need to see change. Um, let's keep reading in First in Second Corinthians ten verse four. Our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down imagination. What is an imagination? Uh, it's it's a picture. It's, it's something you see. It's a bad picture most of the time that was produced because of bad words. And the enemy wants to, to get that picture inside of us and keep it there because he knows that is what we will conform to verse 5 uh, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ now that's easy to say but it is doable but you know the message that we hear most of the time is the negative satanic message that that's pumping into our heads every day hour after hour And, and we, you need to be, a Christian can't be weak. Uh, this is a day and hour where Christians need to stand up for what they believe, what they know to be right. And, uh, I'll tell you, it's, I don't know how much time we have. You know, we, we had a a little conference on end times here a couple of weeks ago. And, and I'll tell you, it's, it stirred us up that, that we need to be ready and we need to get the light turned on so we can see. It says, bringing every thought captive. Uh, Bad words carry bad thoughts. Remember, words are thought containers and bad words can uh, contain bad thoughts, produce a bad image. Good words have good thoughts and produce the right image, a good image. But listen, you do not replace bad thoughts. How many of us have had a bad thought since we were born again. You know, I'll raise both hands and both feet. Yeah. We, everyone has bad thoughts, but you don't. You don't get rid of bad thoughts by concentrating real hard. Okay, I'm only going to think good thoughts. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Come on, good thoughts. It, it won't happen. You replace bad thoughts with words. With words. And I'll make a little confession here. Before I met my wife, uh, I don't know if she even knows this, but I was a world champion swearer. I was in the Navy, and I worked in a cheese factory, and it's almost like it was a competition on who could come up with the most vile, crude things to say. Thank God I got born again. Now, I still know all of those words, but I've been flooding myself with, with the Word of God. I've never been tempted. I've never worried about getting up before a crowd of people and, and say, you know, swearing at them or something like that. Uh, I might have been tempted to a time or two, but I didn't do it. Because I, have I've strengthened myself in that way, and I did it by speaking the Word of God instead of those other things. So, uh, replace you replace bad thoughts with words and the Word of God is what, uh, carry the anointed thoughts of God. That's what needs to be being put in. And, uh, and when you do that, when you hear, hear and meditate on His Word, He doesn't reveal how, how weak and how sinful you've been and what you think you look like. He reveals to you Who you are in Jesus Christ. That's important. If you don't get anything else out of this teaching, you need to understand that God wants you to see yourself as who you are in Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't leave that part out. The righteousness of God in Christ. The question is, do you see yourself that way? Because you can confess it a thousand times a week, but that doesn't mean you see yourself that way. And you can go to the best Bible school, you can go to Rhema, you can go to Dallas Theological Seminary, and uh, that doesn't erase everything that you've learned and, and believed for the last thirty years. There needs to be a, a washing of of washing of the water by the word in Jesus' name. So um, that's how you get transformed by renewing your mind. Um, let's see. I want to make sure we get some of these things in in the time we have tonight. But when you when you start to see yourself differently, just as as me with my swearing problem that I had and I didn't even think it was a problem. It was normal where I was. Uh, until you start to see yourself differently, you, you won't act differently. But when you do start to see in a different way, you start to act a different way. And one of the best examples I can think of is, is when I was coaching football, on, on game days I would require our football team to wear a shirt and tie. And some of the kids just kind of rebelled against that because they knew some of the kids from rival schools and on game day they wore their game jersey. You know, they were, they got to strut around the halls wearing their game jersey and we gotta wear a crummy shirt and tie. And I did it for a reason. I, I did it because it, it, when you're, you don't wear a shirt and tie to school every day normally, at least not in a public school. Uh, it, you think differently about the whole situation. So one day they finally convinced me. Okay, you can wear your game jersey for this week. They played awful. I'm so glad they played. I'm not glad they played awful, but I mean, I, I, it taught them a lesson that that they they can't. It, you think of yourself in a different way when you're dressed up, when you when you're wearing a tie, and and you, there's something special about that day that's why when we go to church we don't usually dress up the, the way we normally do day by day tank top and shorts or whatever but we we put uh, better better clothes on and and it it helps us be uh more tuned in with with what's going on um, one more football story um, in this the town where i was coaching i i was hired to, uh, to be an assistant coach at one of the largest high schools in the state of Utah. And they had been losing for years and years and years till they got used to losing. They could see themselves losing. And we had a whole new coaching staff, and we came and we had a great plan. We'd, we had good athletes. We had probably the best athletes on that, that team that year that, that I've ever had the pleasure of coaching, or maybe the mispleasure is the way, the way it turned out. Because we'd still lose. We, we lost every game up until one game left. And they were close games. We played good teams. And they were, they just couldn't pull it off. Before the last game, we found out that the kids had been going up the canyon and having beer parties every Friday night. And, the, you know, which, was against the rule. you know. Coaches have rules just like your pastor has rules, just like God has rules, not to take away your fun because he wants to bless you. He wants you to be the best you can be at what you can do. And the only way we found this out was one of the kids uh, was drunk and rolled his truck over and almost was killed coming home. So we ended up having to kick 11 starters off of that football team And now we're stuck with a a bunch of kids that, that haven't really played much. And that's the only game they won that year, was that last game of the season. So we fast forward to the next year. Those kids, most of them have graduated, but the kids that were there have learned a lesson. And they have started to see themselves. They see that I need to do what the coaches tell me to do. Now these weren't nearly the caliber of athletes that we had before, but they did what they were asked, and we started to win games, and we won games, and we won games, and we went to the state playoffs for the first time in the school's history, simply because they saw themselves as winners, and didn't see themselves. So they they could see the the necessary necessity of of doing keeping the rules, doing what the coaches said to do. We're not trying to, to hurt you or trying to make you successful. And that's what God wants to do. When you see yourself differently, you act differently. Um, let's, let's close with Mark 11.23. Mark 11.23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Not doubt, but believe. You have to see it happening. Before, during, and after you say it. You you have to see it. No matter what the circumstances look like. No matter what the circumstances look like for the year 2020. I'm still believing that it it can turn out to be the best year I've ever had. And no matter what else happens to the rest of the world, I'm believing that for me. I'm seeing it for me and and we're experiencing it. We are not we're not all upset and looking for a divorce because we have to see each other all day every day. I like it. You know, we're we're having we're having some of the best times we've ever had. And uh, we're still doing the ministry. We're still doing what, what God called us to do. And you know, we'd love to be able to travel more. But here we are. We're making the most of, of the situation as, as best we can. But, uh, don't doubt. Doubt means you're wavering. You're, you're between two opinions. And how does the mountain move? Not just by speaking to it. People get discouraged because, well, I said it 500 times. It ought to be gone by now. Well, it's not just speaking it that does it. The Lord didn't say everything you say will come to pass. It says you believe what you say. And most of us should be glad that some of the things we say didn't come to pass. Because, uh, uh, maybe I'm the only one, but I've said some things that I wish I could take back and and haven't and and never said that. You know, Brother Hagen, said that faith will work in your heart with thoughts of doubt in your head. Because you don't believe with your head. You believe with your heart. And Satan is always going to try and bring thoughts of doubt to your mind, but you don't give birth to those thoughts by speaking them out of your mouth. That's that's the difference. Just because you have thoughts of doubt in your head doesn't mean you've let go of the image God has has planted in there. Um, Brother Hagen also said, you know, uh, thoughts are like birds; they might fly over your head, but you don't have to let them build a nest in your hair. And and that's good advice. Um, we're out of time for tonight. We're going to pick this up again Wednesday, so I hope you can join us then. Uh, there's so much more. And again, don't don't let this be just information. Uh, this is one of the frustrating things about teaching a subject like this are the things that I have to leave out. But, uh, come back Wednesday and, and join us for that. Uh, we'll, uh, there, there's so much good information, but it's so important that you start to see yourself the way God sees you. That's, that's where you start. And, and build that by getting the light of the Word in you. Because in, in His light, You'll, you'll have more, you'll see more light. Amen. Let's pray and we'll close. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the words we speak, for helping us to see ourselves as you see us. And Lord, that we, we just thank you that you are our provider and, and guiding us in everything that, Lord, we are successful in life because we submit to you and your word. And Father, we thank you that as we, as we dig in and we press in, you're, you're putting more light on our, on our lives, in our word, that we can be successful and be everything you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.